Hello, and welcome to the Fireside Chat at the Global Tech Summit, sponsored by American Shipper. My name is Scott Case, and I'm the founder and chief storyteller of Position Global, and also the president of the International Air Cargo Association of Chicago. Along with me today, I have Joshua Wolf, the founder of Cargo Sprint. Hey, Joshua. Hey, Scott. Good morning. How are you? Doing very well. Thank you so very much. So as a matter of background, we're fortunate to be here to be able to talk with people today about the topic of minimum contact, maximum efficiency, faster handling through technology. So over my two plus decades or so as a customs broker and freight forwarder, I spent a lot of time interacting with airlines, with ocean companies. So basically a, a, a very intense sort of face-to-face -face relationship with people because that was what you did if you had to. You hopped in the car and you just got over to sort things out. Um, today, obviously, that's changed a little bit. Um, Joshua, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and what got you to this point here in, in your career? All right, Scott. Well, I'm a licensed customs broker, and I've uh, run freight forwarding companies, started freight forwarding companies, and I found an inefficiency um, between three major stakeholders, the trucker, the uh, freight forwarder, and the cargo facility. <clears throat> they don't communicate well. There's this disdain between them. Um, you know, one's always trying to take advantage of the other. And I, I really uh, started Cargo Sprint as a way to uh, enhance the human experience through technology. So in this COVID environment, you know, we really have an opportunity to, to, to work on that company mission. And as we sort of think about it, just the, the evolution of how things have moved from, from within freight forwarding and customs brokerage, the, the traditional process has always been first, obviously, a paper-driven one. So the customs broker would bring the paperwork to customs, customs would review it, um, release the goods, and then that physical hard copy needed to be brought to the freight location, whether it be an airline or a warehouse, whomever had to have that in their hands before they would then release the cargo. Fast forward several decades, and, and the first real automation started to come through ABI. And so customs would receive the information electronically instead of just looking at it for the first time on paper and then make their decisions. But that same piece of paper still needed to move to that freight location. Finally, then, freight locations came connected to customs computers and were able to see for themselves in their systems that, that, things, were, that things were released. And so it wasn't just a matter of being able to do it more rapidly. It also was an element to eliminate fraud. So someone wasn't able to doctor a document to, to get away with cargo that they weren't entitled to have. Um, take us now even into where we're at today. And it's not just about the speed. It's not just about the efficiency. It's not just about the transparency and all this information moving around. It really is about sort of the safety of those people as well. And, and you've got your teams just out in, in really a lot of the major airport areas. What are they seeing that has just happened over the last six months or so as we've had to cope with, with air cargo and just basically logistics handling in a, in a socially distant pandemic environment? So some of the things we're seeing is cargo is – is moving around. We've seen cases where freight forwarders, nor even the handler, know where the cargo is. Uh, you know, for example, there's some cargo entities that are are dead. Not much freight is moving. There's others that handle uh, more cargo uh, aircraft, and they're just they just can't handle the load. There, some of the cargo is going to the overflow warehouse. So, so one thing we're seeing is just just chaos, right? Just it's just a challenge, just finding freight. Uh, that, that, that's one of the things uh, we're seeing. We're still seeing a bunch of paper. You know, Scott, you mentioned all the paper in the industry. And now more than ever, you know, people are questioning, why do we have all this paper? You know, Scott, you mentioned, uh, I believe, the delivery order and the release and all that. 
payment. Still- I mean, any any sort of original document that needs to be done. I mean, if, if you think about it, I mean these these are people who would who would sit at a desk and would have a checklist to that was required to close through a file. One thing would be payment, another thing would be release, and then and then authorization. Usually, that delivery order, that original delivery order, which which depending upon even the market, some places still require an original of some kind to be presented as a release authorization document. Yeah, I mean, you say you say would, but we're still seeing it, and it, it's quite crazy in this COVID time that there's just so much paperwork. You know, even now, a, a trucker a trucker arrives to a cargo facility and he says, "I'm here to pick up a shipment." You know, and Sally at the cargo facility says, "Well, you know what shipment?" And he hands over the delivery order, and she goes and gets a file. It, it shouldn't be that way, right? We should be able to make an appointment online, go straight to the warehouse, pick up your cargo, you know, electronic delivery order, electronic customs clearance, electronic payment. And that's some of the things we're working towards. And we're starting to see that shift and, and people now more than ever are thinking, wow, you know what, our old ways just, just aren't working anymore. So as your organization is working with people um, or working with airlines and ground handlers, rather, that, that sit in sort of the two nexi, nexuses, nexi, nexi, sit in, let, let's just say sit in two places. Um, the situation that, that we have, at least in O'Hare and Arido in Chicago, because I can speak to this firsthand, is you have neutral ground handlers who represent multiple airlines, either passenger, cargo, or some combination of the two. And you have the two sort of major flagged American carriers that that have a lot of international business, which obviously was suspended and, and went by the wayside and has slowly sort of been crawling back. But the international service that they're bringing back is 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 freighter service, and and I spell it P H R E I G H T E R. So it's those passenger aircraft that are being pressed into service. So they're used to really sort of handling. ULD cargo in the belly. Sure, they've handled some loose and bulk within the confines of a domestic environment, but they're really moving a lot of that main deck manually loaded, manually unloaded cargo right now. Have you seen just with with the two audiences, whether or not the ground handlers who are used to handling freight, be it bulk or unitized, are doing a better job with it than, say, people that are managing and handling some of these more manual processes with the freighters where where it's just being stacked and loaded in empty space upstairs? You know, I haven't, but I, I can imagine it's it's much more difficult to unload a passenger a freighter. Uh, what we are seeing is delays. I mean, cargo is sitting some, in some cases out in the tarmac for two, three days before a handler can even touch it. So, you know, one thing we haven't touched upon is the labor challenges right now that many of the cargo facilities are facing. Um, so, so what we are seeing is just, you know, just delays in many cases. How about you in Chicago, uh, Scott? What, what what are you seeing there? We're seeing similar situations here in Chicago, and it's being brought to our attention from a from a myriad of different corners. Um, and and I, I I echo your concern, and I echo the, the what you're hearing as well from from a labor point of view. Um, we're hearing that too, but I also think that there's just just a tremendous influx of cargo um, that's been coming in that that people are really trying to cope with. I mean, there's always been there's always been the challenge of of mixing the balance of both inbound and outbound cargo, um, and making sure that that process flow works. I think speaking anecdotally. Totally and personally, what happens is that because because ground handlers and because airlines have have deadlines to meet for export flights, so a flight is scheduled to leave at a particular time, um, particularly in the passenger environment. If there's a lockout, then then they need to work backwards from when to receive that cargo, when to build that cargo, 
because ultimately the plane can't leave without it. I mean, it, it could, but I mean, that's leaving it behind is a, is a revenue loss for an airline and, and for a ground handler. So a lot of focus has been placed on that export cargo and making sure that works. Then as a result of that fact, the import cargo gets broken down, not necessarily with the same sense of time or urgency, unless there's a service level agreement in place between the ground handler and the airline to make sure that premium freight for which a shipper has paid a premium price is made available um, and good for them to, to recover in a certain period of time. Now, certainly throughout the pandemic, we've seen anything that's coming inbound from Asia commanding a premium price. And a lot of the forecasting so far from IATA as well as from analysts show that as we enter this fourth quarter this year, um, that we're going to see more of that premium pricing spike come back. Um, it'll be driven by a number of things. It'll be driven by sort of the annual consumer electronics refresh cycle. Um, it'll be driven by PPE. It's going to be driven by by um, supply chains that need to get goods into place uh, just in time because there's there's tightness and there's also really high expense within the ocean freight environment. So shippers and their supply chains are really having to just just read and react almost on a daily or weekly basis to changing rates and changing service that's available between the points where their shippers are and where they're receiving cargo here in the United States. The technology piece that, that you're talking about and, and sort of creating that efficiency, we've, we've touched on some of those things as well. Um, walk people through who aren't familiar with it, what a traditional queue would look like for somebody coming to get cargo from a ground handling facility and just what changes are being made to optimize that and to try and speed that flow through um, and not waste either the driver's time or the warehouse's time uh, as they have that first contact and as they're trying to successfully pick up or drop off cargo. So tra traditionally, there's a lack of communication, right? Traditionally, the cargo facility is a black hole, and information doesn't move very well, you, you know, back and forth. You know, so drivers arrive. It's a surprise to the cargo facility when that driver arrives. It's a surprise what they're picking up. They're getting rejected because they don't have a customs release or they don't have the right documentation. So what our software does is tries – the main thing it does is – is 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 allow the trucking company and the freight forwarder to uh, tell uh, to make appointments, use the slot bookings, and 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 let that cargo facility know, hey, this is my trucker, this is who's picking up, this is the time they're picking up, and then let that cargo facility communicate back and say, you know, hey, you're missing that, or you're missing this, you're missing a delivery, or you're missing payment, you're missing, so that when that trucker picks up, there's less rejections, um, and there's less congestion. So, so it, it really just just works on that entire flow uh, in and out of the cargo facility and, and creates um, efficiencies. So there's less congestion. That means less, less people, you know, on the dock and, and less touch points, right? Because you want to have everything ready before you arrive, not when you get there. Um, so, so that's that's what our technology does. It, it allows uh, a freight forwarder, a trucker to uh, schedule pickups and allows that uh, cargo facility to effectively communicate uh, what's required and, uh, and, uh, and, and process drivers in and out. And, and there's a couple of things at play if you think about it. I mean, the, the analogy that I've tried to use to explain it to people who've not seen it before is, is this is really sort of the equivalent of the, of the placing your order for pickup at a certain time. Um, and I think we're, we've all become sort of familiar with with the the curbside pickup experience, <laughs> regardless of where we're at right now. And 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 what what freight forwarders and what customs brokers have had to deal with on the inbound side is essentially placing your order for pickup and then showing up to get it um, and then being told by the place that you place the order with that it's not ready yet. And then when you ask, when is it going to be ready? And they say anytime between like 
three hours from now and six days from now. And you go, well, I'm here. That's, that's not how this is supposed to work. And they go, yeah, well, that's, that's kind of how it is happening right now. And, and that I think is, is what the technology is really trying to help to do. It's to, it's to help people because there's, there's two, there's another two things in play too. And, and you've seen this firsthand as have I, um, it's very difficult to hide 53 foot of trailer and about another, let's say 13, 14 feet of tractor, um, on property. I mean, it's just, I mean, you have a lot of trucks, you have a finite amount of real estate on many airports around the United States. And as a result of that fact, there's, it, it just makes it tighter. And there are fewer opportunities for those drivers to show up and to have to wait to get their hands on cargo. And second of all, um, trucking is in scarce supply right now. I mean, everywhere, the, everywhere you see the numbers, I mean, even, even through freight waves, who does the monitoring on a daily basis shows where those per mile rates are going. So we, we already know that truckloads, um, we already know that trucking is, is in demand. So now you're asking drivers to show up and to wait. They're going to decline those loads. And as a result of that fact, the cargo is going to sit there longer, incurring more storage costs for the shipper. And, and that's not what anybody wants to see throughout any of this process. We're starting to see, too, and, and tell me what, what your perspective is on it. We're, we're hearing and seeing more about, about airline communities. Um, we've seen them in Brussels. We've seen them in Frankfurt. Um, Atlanta is working on one right now. Um, the whole idea of the airport community is to bring all of the stakeholders together and to share that visibility, to share that information. Um, how do you view airport communities? Um, are they something that works overseas? Do you think they could work here in the United States? Um, and for the ones that, that, that do get deployed here in the United States, what do you see that they need to have to, to be able to offer and to get people engaged and excited about participating in them? So the biggest challenge of airport communities is humans, right? We don't work well together, right? Most people get along. Most people get along better with their dog than another human. So you know, a community is uh, is you know, people need to work together, and that's that's a challenge. We haven't truly seen that uh, here in the U.S. yet. Um, you know, I, I heard there have been successes in Europe. Um, but we haven't really seen that in the U.S., um, and 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 that's probably the biggest factor is we just don't work well together. You know, like I said, and, and that's one of our our missions at Cargo Sprint is to enhance the human experience through technology. You know, but it's you know what we sometimes see is you know the cargo facility. Let's face it, you know they make more money if that shipment's not picked up and if it's in storage. And you know the freight folder, you know, is screaming and yelling and not always you know, thinking in the best interest of everyone and thinking of themselves. So everyone has to do their part, right? Everyone has to give up a little bit. Everybody, you know, whether that's data or just a change in the procedure. And, you know, as, as, you know, in the U S we, we have a challenge that, uh, I mean, you see, you see the fight we're having just whether the, you know, between the mask wearers and the non-mask wearers in these COVID times. Right. And here we're trying to all work together on this. So, so it sounds nice, right? It sounds like, you know, this beautiful community, a beautiful island where everybody shares and gets along. Uh, and that's the way it, it appears in the, you know, it appears out there, but that's, it's just not reality. Um, you know, we take a different approach. We, we, we take a look at the process and all the steps in the process. And, you, you know, we try to take, you know, 200 steps and cut that down to, you know, a hundred steps and, and, and combine systems one by one. So we're, we're slowly attacking it bite by bite. Um, you know, we don't have to have everyone on the same community to build efficiencies. So um, it, it's, it's yet to be seen what will happen here in, in, in the U.S. 
It's interesting that you that you point the humans out as being the biggest impediment to this, because for me, I've, I've sort of thought of it in the technology component. Um, if we were to take the three primary modalities that things move in and out of the United States, you have air, you have truck and you have ocean. Um, from an from an automation and from a from a technology point of view, I would sort of rank them as being trucking has been first, air freight has been second, and ocean freight has been third. I think trucking was was able to digitize, let's say, and, and get electronic faster because they were really coming out of legacy systems. They they weren't burdened by old technology, so they were able to really sort of leap into a lot of the modern advances, APIs, connectivities. You see a lot of very niche, best in breed companies popping up that are helping out in the in the trucking sector. Air freight, you at least had IATA, you had sort of Cargo Imp, you had the the CETA messaging, so you had a standard and agreed to set of messages that that people were using. Um, and ocean freight really was was lagging far behind just because there were so many proprietary systems. Um, but the thing that the thing that I think is the biggest challenge for the for an airport community to be able to succeed um, is first of all the connectivity with CBP because I see customs j- just because of the because of looking at release data as being safety and security related data. Um, I, I see a challenge in trying to extract that from them even as much as there's an opportunity to, for the stakeholders to share the data that they have in order to facilitate the movement of cargo. Um, and also, I agree, too, that the other piece of it that's got to come with for ground handlers is that they have to they have to sort of uh, have a committed time in order to make these things happen. They obviously want that freight out of their warehouse. They're, they're looking at, at ways that they're trying to generate revenue for that freight that comes through their facilities. Um, but they also have to see the facilitation of trade as being important. So I, I, see, the, I see the connectivity piece being a bigger problem than the human piece. From a technology standpoint, I don't see that as a, as a terrible challenge. I mean, we have a connection to U.S. Customs. Um, you know, viewing a customs clearance is not such a big deal. You, on most of these airline uh, websites, you know, you go to Lufthansa's website or many of these different websites, you can put it in Airwiggle and you can see if a shipment's cleared, right? It's, it's, just, it's just, you know, getting that information into the hands of, you know, the trucker, of the freight forwarder, and, and getting everyone to participate in it and adopt their ways, right? So that means, you know, for the freight forwarder, uh, before dispatching your shipments, you know, checking if it's released, checking if it's available, right? That may mean checking a community system or checking a website. But, you know, everyone's in a rush now. We're rolling the dice, trying to, you know, hoping that when that trucker gets there, it's released. But, you know, we all just have to adjust a little bit in our processes. And, and you know, I think, I think that would make the, the big difference. And from a technology standpoint, I, I do see the challenge in that there are quite a different number of systems. So if, if everyone is on one system, it does make it, uh, you know, easier for, for someone to, to see data. But, you know, keep in mind, if, if we're on one system, you know, someone owns that and controls that system, right? Um, you know, we think of community systems as the community controls it, but that's not always the case. It's usually a private entity that, that runs that community. So, you know, in these COVID times, um, you know, we're forced to change our ways. So, so hopefully we'll see some positive outcome in, in terms of efficiency and working together um, you know, as, as, part of the, as part of the outcome of the new era we're in. No, I, I appreciate the thoughts, Josh, and, and Joshua Wolf from, from Cargo Sprint. Thank you so much. I, I guess I would wrap and say that with the community systems that, that we've been talking about, I think the benefit will be that if there's data transparency that's shared across everyone, right now experiences are anecdotal. What's your experience at handler A? What's your experience at airline B? And then people are having to compare notes. If, if the communities create a free market, 
let's say where, where people can see that there is good service at one place and and bad or atrocious service at another, that maybe drives the commercial decisions for what airlines are going to be used to get cargo to a destination, which has a commercial impact on the airlines who have made these ground handling companies their resource for this, and it helps bring it all home. Joshua, thank you very much for your time today. My name is Scott Case with Position Global. Thank you very much for joining us at the Global Tech Summit, sponsored by American Shipper. Thank you, Scott.